Hey guys, this is Ed. I uh, just wanted to do a quick intro to our newest episode. This is episode 15, which is going to be the super pod that was recorded with Corner of the Galaxy and LA is Our House. It was a lot of fun. Chris got to call in and do the first half of the show. Um, we talked all things Galaxy, um, new head coaches and all that stuff. Well, you can get, get into that with the episode. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Hope we could do it again. Uh, again, thank you to Josh for hosting. Uh, so here it is. Without further ado, episode 15, Super Pod. Welcome to an all-hands podcast. That's right. We have uh, three separate podcasts all in one room calling on Skype from all across the, uh, let's see, the West Coast, we should say. We got a bunch to talk about. We want to go over the LA Galaxy in 2016, maybe what we're looking at in 2017. Uh, please welcome LA is our house, and we also have the Riot Squad cast, and of course, Corner of the Galaxy right here in the COG studios. So uh, before we get too far in ahead, I want to make sure that everybody introduces themselves. So we'll start with LA is our house first. Guys, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up, guys? LA is our house. This is Bobby. And I'm David. Hey, hey. Lewis. All right, Lewis, we'll work on your microphone eventually. Don't worry. It'll work. I promise. I promise. We're already we muting, muting, muting you, man. Yeah. We're already muting you. It, it already happened, so, so don't <laughs> worry about that. And uh, and joining us, of course, from uh, the Riot Squad cast. Yo, this is Ed. And? Hey, hey this is Zero. How you doing? Hey, Chris Tucker uh, calling in from a snowstorm in uh, in the Pacific Northwest there. Uh, it's I, I would tell you, Chris, that it, the weather's really crappy here, Terrible. too. Um, yeah, it's not true. Yeah, no, it's not true at all. I just, I just wanted to make you feel better just for a second. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Like I said, we have a bunch of stuff we want to get to. Um, we're going to try to do it in the most organized method that we can. Um, I have a very good feeling that that won't work at all. <laughs> so um, we'll see how it goes. On, uh, I'll, I'll try to get everybody's uh, opinions. Raise your hand if you have a question. Uh, and Chris, just start uh, shouting out if you have anything. <laughs> we're just Don't encourage that, man. I'll just, yeah, I'm just going to yell over everyone. Yeah, exactly. like, that, 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 would, that would be great. I have the mute button, so I'm not... I'm not too worried um, how it all goes. There's but, no mute button strong enough. You, you know, I, I want to say that um, first of all, you know, the LA is our house. Came up with this idea. Um, I was, I, I said that I would host it, which was nice. Um, you know, for me, easy for me. But I also wanted to do it live, so that way everybody have a chance to listen in as well. And so, uh, between all those things, I, I take almost no credit for uh, for the genius that you're about to hear. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know a little, a little stuff. So, um, some great stuff. And, and again, this is all about LA galaxy. I mean, uh, as a podcasting community, I'm not sure it gets much better than, uh, than this. There's a lot of really great people in here. Um, some guys who have some great opinions and, and some real knowledge on the LA galaxy. So I invite you to uh, sit back, relax and enjoy this, uh, just a little bit. Let's start. Okay. 2016 year in review. Um, besides the fact that the season was total crap, gentlemen, um, <laughs> What what do we think of 2016? Um, give give me a general overall thought on that. Uh, anybody who who, who go I, I, I wouldn't say it was total crap. Like there was a few <laughs> here and there, but um, like seriously, it, it was very lackluster considering the, the the team that was put together really to to try and win the SCCL. Just it and it never just came together. It never came together. Yeah, I mean, there, there was. There was something to that, and, and um, I'm sure, Chris, Chris, I'll give you a, a, a shot at this, being uh, you can't raise your hand. Um, what, do, what do you think? Uh, what, give, me, give me 2016 summed up in a couple words. Um, I can do it in one. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing from when you look at the players we brought in and, and how we probably went about massaging a lot of rules to get them in. Uh-huh. And then to absolutely sputter out and by the end of the season have a team that looks completely different than the team you started with. 
uh, designated players not really doing their job, some designated players stopping other designated players from doing their job. Uh, it's it's disappointing. And then to have the offseason kind of start the way it has, um, yeah. disappointing. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's sort of, it's just all funneled together whenever you all, all, all look at that. Who else? Who else wants to talk? Go ahead. I would call it the biggest failure in Galaxy history as Ooh. far as the seasons are concerned. Because at the beginning of the season, you were expected to win every trophy you played for. And we ended up with zero. And... Like Chris said, it was just very disappointing, and it's hard for me to imagine another season where expectations were so high and fell way short. Yeah, I mean, it was. If you look at all of that and how it came down, yeah, there was. There's a lot of disappointment. There was expectations. There's even expectations going into 2017. Uh, Ed, what do you you think about uh, 2016 as a whole? I mean, it was such a bipolar year. So. I'm sorry for the to the bipolar community if I offended you on that, <laughs> but um, you know we we go into the season where we sign Nigel De Jong, we sign Van Dam, um, we have Steven Gerrard for a full off season. Um, Keane is back, and then you have it where the team isn't gelling, and then you have that awful awful uh, August where we didn't win in like what eight seven eight games or something like that. All of then you have De Jong leaving. For you know, we he plays for half a season, then he leaves. Then we get Landon back, and then we're like, okay, maybe this we can salvage this. And then, um, yeah, the the we can sum it up in the but but um, yeah, yeah, the fail horn, of yeah, course, exactly. of course. David, what do you got? Well, uh, Lewis, you said that this is maybe the most disappointing Galaxy season. I would argue that the ones that the Galaxy didn't make the playoffs were probably more disappointing than this one. I'm just going to go out on a limb there, but. <laughs> Like, seriously, uh, having Gerard come in, expecting minimal contribution, maybe, at least for my part, and then seeing less than that really sucked. Um, it, you know, stuff happens throughout the year, and we end the season on a whimper against Colorado, and now looking at the off season, we're starting to get a little optimistic again, but nope, 2016 is still here, and it's still taking from us. <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the constant uh, disappointment that seems to be coming around. Which, by the way, I mean, you go back and you have to put some of this into perspective, right? I mean, we have to we have to try to say something positive, perhaps about the LA Galaxy season. And the fact is, they want they were third in the Western Conference. Yellow Van Dam. No, Van Dam. that that was that was another one, Bobby. I mean, it's that's the top one for me. Yes, the top the one, one. That, that, that <laughs> yeah. overall Van throughout Dam. the season. Overall throughout the season, he was the only one that was consistent. The yeah. only player that was consistent throughout the entire season. I mean, there was other players that are not big names that were good that did really well for us in a lot of games. But just like you were saying earlier on, there was moments where we did look like a good team, but they were very far and few in between. There was so many things that were going wrong on so many different places and so many different levels, nothing could ever get meshed correctly. And when Landon Donovan came in, it kind of felt like, oh, it's the saving grace, you know? Because yeah, it, gave, he, it gave he him did, a boost. He did bring, a, he did bring a morale boost to the team, a right. really good morale boost, and I thought we were going to ride that really well, but, I mean, that playoff game was just... Already, we had our first swear word. There we go. <laughs> and it wasn't Chris. That's and it okay. wasn't Chris. I apologize. Yeah. Congratulations, I apologize. Chris. Chris. I wasn't the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost the pool. I, I, you know, I caught to, it right when to I To go on to that you know, positive note, I think go ahead, also with uh, with Cole coming in, everyone was was not on the Cole train. So um, yeah. I think him just having a pretty stellar season 
Uh, and then us not having to pay him millions of dollars was see that's where we disagree positive. with you. I f- I feel like he had a horrible really. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I think did not like Cole. When when I mean watch, I have watch, to watching him, yeah, you do, and you really don't have much to say. <laughs> uh, the majority of the time when we watch him play the game, he's always off on the ball. He's always leaving his man alone. He when he gets a, a foot on the ball, it tends to go in crazy directions. When he when he challenges players, he flops like a fish. I just don't understand him. I, I would I would uh, disagree uh, completely with with the Ashley Cole assumption. Chris Chris, do you have a a, a, a an opinion? What are you talking about on, on, on Ashley Cole? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Chris, I, we're all in different worlds on the, on Cole for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I guess was, he's polarizing. I, was, I just didn't know that. I, all right. I was a huge proponent of going after Ashley Cole before we signed him, but and I wasn't. I, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to say that guy didn't uh, had a bad season. It's crazy. I don't. Think I mean, so. No, I, I'm 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 gonna be in the Chris Chris Tucker camp, which just shouldn't surprise Chris at all. Yeah, Listen, I mean, I mean, you had a guy who came in. The expectations for him at three hundred thousand dollars, even at three hundred thousand dollars, he's one of the highest paid left backs in Major League Soccer. And quite honestly, I will gladly pay him three hundred thousand dollars again in twenty seventeen if he has the same season. Yeah, I, I think I think you guys are forgetting the it's, ridiculous it, double yellow card that he got to that. get himself ejected from the game. <laughs> okay. I think okay. I think you guys are are, are forgetting. There's a, there was a play at the toward the end of the season where he left Van Dam kind of out to dry on a play where he kind of just walked past a, past a man. He, uh, a ball he came back toward him, and then he just kind of looked at Van Dam like, are you going to get that, knowing that the player was all over Van Dam, and, and you know, he came back and ended up making a spectacular tackle. Which is something he does after he loses but, the ball. But the, the play <laughs> should have never happened, and there were lots of moments like that. This is what, okay, this is what I've, I've had in arguments with uh, Chris about when he uh, just goes uh, bananas about stairs, is like, well, you're kind of nitpicking at one point where you're just like constantly like, I'm gonna look for his failures, and maybe that was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you guys. I understand what did you're that? saying. No, right. I understand what you're saying. But we we've been very objective on Cole. I, when Cole came in, it looked like a great signing. It looked like a good signing to me, as, along with you know Van Dam and and Dijon and everything. I was I really liked our signings. Uh, defensively, it was it was aggressive. It was something that we really needed from the, the season prior. Van Dam completely impressed us right away. Dejong here and there, he was he was he was an okay midfielder. He was solid. He was solid. But, and Cole was he just <laughs> never impressed me ever in any game. And I wanted to like him. I never came into this hating him ever. But watching right. his his performance. Game by game by game, it's 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 substandard to me, especially for the the level that people put Cole at. Because for me, he was incredibly easy to swap out with any player back there. Sure, Chris, 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 please. There's two things I need you to take issue with. Could you take Sorry. issue with the first thing? <laughs> the, the Nigel <laughs> De Jong was okay. The Nigel De Jong was okay. One. It's crazy talk. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank insanity. you. Okay, good. Here, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Nigel De Jong. The same people who say Nigel de Jong did okay are the same people at MLS Twitter who said no assists and no goals, so a useless, a useless big money signing. Right. We look well, at what that, we did. I didn't say Nigel that. That's not us. And, and the only reason I said that was because I was trying to get through Cole. I was right, trying to get back yeah. to Cole. <laughs> right, right. But, but you look met, what happened to us as a, as a team entirely when Nigel de Jong left. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. And right. Gerard is awful. Mm-hmm. Awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't even really need to talk about him, but no. awful. I, but how much worse did that guy get when he didn't have Nigel covering him in the middle? Oh yeah. So, so I, it's it's I mean a phenomenal season. And if you put if you start Sebastian Legette next to Nigel De Jong, 
we don't go out in the game we go out in. We might not win a MLS Cup, but we're getting a lot further than we did. We're going to play a lot better. It was a tighter midfield, for sure. Yeah, if I'm going to if I'm going to comment negatively on the midfield of across the board, left wing, right wing, a, a center midfielder, Nigel's not the guy I'm going at in that team, and that's really the same issue I have with Ashley Cole at left back. If I'm going at the defense, Ashley Cole's not the guy I'm going at. I might go at Robbie Rogers. There you go. I might even go at some of AJ's games. Yep. I'm definitely going at Daniel Starris. Yeah. I might go at Leonardo, but Cole's Leon- not Leonardo the did I'm not play. Barely played this. Leonardo he had like two play. games. He had like two games. He uh, doesn't deserve to play. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, what I've been <laughs> no saying for three there. seasons. But uh, but seriously, like if you're going to talk about Robbie Rogers, you have to remember who pushed him out of his natural position. Oh, I, Ashley Cole. Not, and I, and I Ashley Cole judge. is not. Is, he was not. Diverse was enough. Not better than he. Well, I think Ashley Cole is not on the other than side. Bobby Rogers at left back. That's I, what I'm to understand yes, from your statement. He probably. He, I no, think no, no, Robbie no. Rogers pushed himself out of his natural position uh, at you. the midfield. Well, maybe. Uh, well, okay. well, as a forward or whatever he was before. But uh, I mean, forward, if, left if winger, whatever. He's Robbie, all over the place. Robbie Rogers having a bad season, I don't think was because he had a. He was subpar. I think it was just because Performing he was out, he was out of. A position and and he had to play in a, on on something that wasn't his natural side. But 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 apparently but apparently Robbie Rogers was so good at his position that he pushed AJ Della Garza out of his position, mm-hmm. which by the way did not happen. That, that didn't happen. Nowhere in the history of the LA Galaxy has Robbie Rogers outplayed AJ Della Garza. No, no. Uh, maybe one no. game. Robbie no. Rogers has had one or two really good. There games. There may be a few flukes. But yeah. Yeah. Eh. Okay. No. So 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 you go into that. Um, Ashley Cole was solid. Nigel DeYoung were solid. Nigel DeYoung would have won MVP of the team had he stayed. Well, I still well, well, it to of the whole team. Yes, Della Von Dong couldn't win MVP of the team, and Don't, he actually hey, deserved. Hey, it. hey, yeah. hey! Don't get me started. All right, oh, fan votes. We agree. Fan votes. We agree. It's got to be Van Dam, man. <laughs> got to change it to fan votes. I, I, I will tell I'll you if sure your boy wins. Yeah, yeah. It, it, if 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 the LA Galaxy don't change that, that used to be a media vote. Mm. The media yeah, wait, was. When, when did it? When did it? When did it stop being a media vote? This past season. Uh, this past season, it was. It was. It was interesting, uh, isn't it? Well, Rigged. it's also at one point I was told as well, and I don't want. I don't. I don't want to get the whole thing off course here, but I was told as well that at one point Alexi Lawless uh, appointed an MVP um, during during his reign. <laughs> that makes so, sense. So well, why not? How yeah, was right? it any different than what we did this year? No, and and realistically, that's what it was. So anyway, they changed. Exactly. They changed the vote. I will tell you right now that, and I've talked to the press. I've talked to many people. And again, I you know I have to. I always balance the press with what the fans say. I try to get both sides in there to understand where people are coming from. Um, if Nigel De Jong was still on the field and the press was voting, he would have won the MVP award. If Fair. if. The press would have voted for MVP, Player of the Year, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, Van Dam would have won in a landslide. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have been close. Mm-hmm. And and I've but had... You, yeah, go ahead, Chris. But the Galaxy don't want that. Well, like, it, Let's call it what it is. No, yeah, let's yeah. call it what it is. They don't want that. Yellow Van Dam was the best player on the yeah. team, yes. period. He was. Period. He was. And it, it was changed from a, from a uh, press vote to a fan vote, very surprisingly, very quietly, mm-hmm. and, and Gio won. And look, Gio had a decent season. He had a, a very, very good few months, yep. but he had a he had an okay season. Long as Robbie Keane wasn't on the field, yep. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah that's that's another thing. That, well, and that's the another oh, thing we should talk ahead. about is is Robbie Keane. I'm getting um, angry, guess. Yeah, yeah, I know you're already angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, angry this is about here. the time that that happens. The, no, no. I mean, we have to look at it. Minutes in. Yeah, yeah. We have to look at it from from the Robbie Keane's perspective as well. You look at what Robbie Keane did in 2015. All right. Had a great 2015 year. Is there anybody here who doesn't re-sign Robbie Keane for 2016 
seeing that what you did. If the LA Galaxy would have got rid of Robbie Keane in 2016, after the year he had in 2015, everybody would have gone on them. It, it would have been over, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And and you couldn't do that, so you had to ride out Robbie Keane. And granted, they did a good job in realizing that it was time to move. It's yeah. time to move away from Gerard. It's time to move away from Keane. Well, the Gerard thing was just. Because it was scheduled it's, it's to be. It's a contract. Over. It's a contract. Well, yeah. I mean, but Robbie Keane's the yeah. same thing. That sure. contract ended, yeah. right? I mean, they didn't cut him in the middle of his contract. They, no, no, no. no. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I think, but I think there would be mo- a bit more reservation holding on to Keane than it was to be Gerard. I mean, everybody knew, like, ah, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You, you look at, um, you know, MLS, uh, face or uh, social medias or the Galaxy social medias. You'll see people constantly saying you should have signed Robbie back. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, there's, are you, no, that's there's crazy. Love. Those there's are the same crazy. people that were saying that, that Gerard was great. No, that's no, crazy. it's crazy. That's people crazy. are crazy. People well, don't know anything. People outside of this room do, don't. They don't know anything. And Tucker, we are the, <laughs> we are the five. Well, I mean, Keen had Keen had a bad season. Definitely, we're we're not going to yeah. say that he wasn't a great DP to the Galaxy. I mean, he was in, incredible. Greatest DP um, in our history. Yes, of our history, but. You know, he, he didn't do great. And, you know, if we could keep him, maybe. But he doesn't work with well with our DP that we're using for the future, yeah. Gio. And he so, wasn't planning on taking less than yeah. what he was making. And, you so. know, you could kind of tell that there was some uh, what, uh, what is it, personality oh, issues with uh, Keane. This year? Uh, yeah. Hey, just remember, Robbie Keane has always had... Always. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but but it got, it a got little, negative this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It, it was usually his attitude as a positive. Would yeah, you yeah, yeah. would you agree with that, Chris? Usually his attitude is a positive, and this year it became a negative. Well, I think I think when you're not producing and you're not scoring and you're not winning and you're making the team look worse when you're on the field, um, we look at the actions that he does and we say, okay, now it's detracting. Mm-hmm. But he did the same thing this year that he did every year before. Yeah. Right. If he missed a pass that he thought should be somewhere, even though more often than not, his body couldn't get him to where he needed to be, that was everyone else's fault. Yeah. And this year, we all see it and we go, okay, now he's being negative. Now he's taking from the team. But it's the same nonsense he's been doing you know, since, <laughs> since the first cup run. That's just, that is, that's, true. that's Robbie. He's and always you, and you take it when, it's, when everything's going well. But it becomes this big problem once he's kind of, you know, screwing up the dynamic of the team. My question with with Robbie to the point that you had after the 2015 season, who doesn't sign Robbie Keane? There's nobody who doesn't you know, resign him to keep him going. Right. For 2016, given that he's getting older and given that even in 2015, we could see that he kind of neutralized Geo. Right. Wouldn't the smarter forward thinking from the Galaxy have been, OK, we need to start separating ourselves. We went into 2016 as if Robbie Keane was still the king of Los Angeles and we can start him in every game and everything will be fine. Yep. And somehow the front office couldn't see, okay, well, Gio is the guy you're giving the keys to the kingdom. He's your, he's your moving forward player. Why would, you, why would you resign and keep playing someone that neutralizes almost entirely the fu- what would be the future of your team? That's the thing I didn't understand about Robbie Keane. Yeah, this last year. And, and I'm, I'm trying to remember how it all went down. I don't remember if he got a one-year extension or if he was at the end of two years that he had a two-year extension, so he was always coming back. It was one of those things. It was the same reason people asked me why uh, Steven Gerrard didn't get, you know, cut from the team after the after his six-month stay. And I'm like, you know, there are contracts, and despite what people think, it's not always possible to get out of a contract in Major League Soccer, although I think uh, I think you could do something creative sometime. All right, Chris. There, I, there was no more Chivas USA to, to yeah, like, exactly. move on hell pretty quickly. Yeah, I was got JPA. JP, who? Who? Juan Pablo on hell? No, he wasn't a DP for the LA Galaxy. I think you're wrong. 
Um, no, so so you have all that. Uh, Chris, you're going to have about nine minutes left with us, so I want to shift a little bit into the future, what we've seen so far in the off season. Um, because oh, sh- we get to talk about an ofo. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's talk about. I mean, in my chair now. yeah. I mean, <laughs> we we thought we saw heard angry Chris. Uh, we'll, we'll do better. <laughs> yeah. I promise. Um, no, so so the L.A. Galaxy here is and and. I'm cheating because Chris and I had a phone call conversation while I was stuck in traffic coming back down, and we were we were talking about um, Kurt Anolfo and, and the signing. Um, I heard a lot of people, Chris, say that the LA Galaxy didn't think out of the box on this one. They went comfortable, uh, mm-hmm. that they played continuity. I, I have a little different opinion on it, but if you're looking at the LA Galaxy, who should, what type of coach should the LA Galaxy have signed if you're convinced that Anolfo wasn't the right choice? Well, I thought Burhalter was the right choice. Yes. And I, I think the average Galaxy fan who pays attention to MLS thought Burhalter was the right uh, choice. Um, if, I, if I can answer your question with your response from earlier, because yes. I agree with it 100%, Kurt Anolfo, signing Kurt Anolfo as the head coach is 100% out of the box thinking for the Galaxy. Because your expectation from the Galaxy is we're going to go out and get the most capable, the most experienced, the guy we know today is ready. That's who we're gonna. That's who we're gonna get because that's who we are. You come to us when you're a finished product, ready to go. When you are the best coach in the country. Yeah. We obviously did not do that. No. Uh, we went for what Ed and I have been calling because it is rude to to talk about our own team and and you know in a bad way. But we went with a cost effective option in Kurt Anolfo. If you have to fire Kurt halfway through a season, probably not going to cost you all that much money. No. If you pay to get Burhalter out of Columbus and then you give him a you know a large contract, which presumably you would have to, and then you've got to get rid of him halfway, that's you know, that's not the the direction the club seems to be going. I would have liked Burhalter. I, I think Anolfo is is boring. I think it's a, a, a very mediocre pick from a team and an organization that at least had the aura of invincibility, had the aura of we're special and we're unique and we know we're the best and we only accept the best and we are not accepting the best. We're getting an MLS head coach who in his years as an MLS head coach had about a 500 record. Um, most of that was with a decent sporting Kansas city team that did better once he left. Right. And the other was with an abysmal DC United team that somehow still got better, better when he left. he left. Yes, that's correct. Um, it's the USL coach who despite supposedly having this big, you know, uh, uh, this big group of talent in Southern California hasn't made it past the third division championship game, which he lost. And he's got three playoff games. So you have this guy, you have, he has three playoff runs, I should say. So you have this guy who failed in major league soccer for lack of a better phrase. And then when he came to the galaxy and, and, and stepped down to the third division, he went to a team where the galaxy themselves will admit the priority is not winning. Yes. The priority is development. So, so then if the, if what we're looking at is development, then who are the players that he's developed? Jack McBean, which he can't get credit for yet because we don't know what he's going to play like in MLS. Right. He's done very well in USL. And if you want to give him credit for anything, it would definitely be resurrecting that guy. Right. Um, but we don't know what he's going to do for the first team. Mendiola has done very well, but, we, you know, we still need to see him consistently on the first team. Uh, Lasseter, eh, not a whole lot yet. Bradford Jameson's kind of fallen off. Right. Oscar Sordo has appeared to have been kidnapped or, or <laughs> taken hostage or disappeared or something. Call right. Sordo. Um, you know, Steris, he gets credit for Steris, who joined Galaxy 2 at 24 years old. Um, 
and played in one season and then moved up to the first team. And then you have Romney, who supposedly developed on Galaxy 2, but plays the position that we've signed the most players to cover. So right. seemingly is never going to really get a minute. So it's, I look at the Anolfo signing and it doesn't excite me. If you are, if you're bored by this, if you're disappointed by it, it makes perfect sense to me. And I, I don't understand how they take that signing and they say, hey, we're ready to go. Yeah. Like, I don't think any fan right now thinks we're a favorite to win a MLS Cup. And I saw sports oh, betting no. numbers came out and, and we're yeah. somehow still favorite for MLS Cup. Despite <laughs> well, well, well that, I think that just goes off of name. Yeah, 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 it goes off a name, but the the other part of that that I think possibly is that um, Anolfo really doesn't have to be a genius in this next year. You look at the core that's returning, and unlike the year previous where there were a ton of interchanges, yes, you're losing Steven Gerrard, you lost Robbie Keane. I mean, minimal impact on the field in 2016. What are you really missing? You're missing some leadership there. Uh, Jeff Lorenowitz just got signed by Atlanta United. He was a free agent. You might lose Mike McGee. You might lose Alan Gordon. Again, some guys who contributed, yeah. but you're still not the core. Not the core. The core is staying. We already know. Jossie Zardes is coming back. G- Giovanni Dos Santos. I-, I look at it and I say, you know, this is a really good position if you're going to put a guy in who, again, uh, Chris, I'm with you. I think it was the out-of-the-box choice. It was the younger choice. Um, if you're going to put him in, he has all the blocks for success. Chris, I imagine that you could probably be successful with this lineup in terms of making the playoffs. There's no way the LA Galaxy, with who they're returning, don't make the playoffs. We make the playoffs. But if we've become the team that, makes that is the satisfied yes. with uh-huh. making the playoffs, we have a significantly larger problem than Kurt Anolfo as our head coach. Yeah, I, That's my problem. Yeah, I, if what I we're shooting it. for is what, what teams like Columbus and what teams like New England and what teams like, like New York, if we're shooting for what teams like that are satisfied with, we have a significantly larger problem yep. than Kurt Anolfo as our head coach. That's my problem. All right, who else has a Kurt Anolfo uh, a take here? Just raise I, your hand, rock and roll. Ooh, that was a hot can, take. can I say real quick? This yeah, is what ahead. I deal with all the time, where I do not get a word in. <laughs> it's like ten minutes Ed, later. No, this is. Ed has, Ed has, we're, we're trying to be proper here. Show, we're trying to be considerate show. and proper. This yeah. is what was agreed upon, right? Chris, Chris could yell Chris for ten talks, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That was just ten minutes. That was on the DMs, guys. Come on. All right. No, I don't. I don't think Anolfo has to be a genius, but what he does have to do is he has to be the boss. He has to be able to control these guys in the locker room. He has to got he has to convince them of the system that he wants to play in, and he has to make these players buy into his system, so that they can be successful. Because we saw this year, chemistry is a big deal in the locker room. Well, well, and and in that, in saying that, you look at Curtin Alfo, and he knows all these guys. Yeah, he's an assistant coach. He's incredibly familiar. I'll, I'll tell you right now, players, and and I've talked to some specific players. The players love him now somebody argued with me whenever I said that. They're like, you know, coach doesn't need to be loved. And you're right. <laughs> they don't. They need to be respected. Sure. Cardinalfo, they told me, this was almost verbatim, that Cardinalfo is a guy who garners their respect, um, who is not afraid to jump on you whenever you do something stupid, uh, who holds you accountable, who will make you work hard. And if you don't work hard, he won't play you. And that, if you're looking at a team that needs to skew younger, which I think we all agree mm-hmm. this team will skew younger despite the Jermaine Jones yeah. signing. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the team that skews younger, Cardinalfo can reach those guys. I'll tell you right now, one difference between Cardinalfo and Bruce Arena that I love, Cardinalfo's on Twitter. 
Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know that that's mandatory for a coach, but um, re- regardless of the fact, he's on Twitter. You can yeah. you can tweet him. So that's that's something that could happen. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, if players feel like their their boss or their coach care about what they do, then they'll they'll play they'll play their hearts out for them. I mean, theoretically, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. And yeah, you know, it's just it's just not glitz and glamour. Well, that's look, not it's not sexy. It's just not sexy. And and when when things are coming, you know, and, and in foresight, you know, a second LA team coming, we do not want to be looking so bland. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh bland. I, I think... like it. I like it. Oh, you know what? Uh, everybody, hold your thoughts. We have a lot more to talk about on uh, on 2016, but we're going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever we say goodbye to Mr. Christopher Tucker, because Skype is not being a nice player, but we're going to bring Wendy on. So, Chris, thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks for stopping by, buddy. I certainly appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have you on again. All right. Bye, Chris. No problem, guys. Love was, you. Was, bye, it was a pleasure, and I'm really happy I made it on before Sean Stephan. <laughs> Always good. Shots fired. All right. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here whenever we get back. Uh, Wendy Thomas from Corner of the Galaxy is going to join us, so we have that to look forward to. Um, other than that, sit back, relax, take a little break, hit the bathroom, grab a cold beer. We have a lot more show coming up, at least another half hour. We'll see if we go any longer. All right. You're listening to the uh, all the free-for-all podcast with LA as our house, the Riot Squad cast, and, of course, uh, Corner of the Galaxy. We'll talk to you real soon. Welcome back to the All Hands Podcast, the free-for-all with L.A. as our house, the Riot Squad cast, and, of course, Corner of the Galaxy here in Corner of the Galaxy Studios, live on YouTube. Make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, Corner of the Galaxy. Type that in there. You can replay the show as many times as you possibly want. And, of course, we're going to get all of the information for all the podcast guys who have been joined on here. So that way you can follow them. A bunch of L.A. Galaxy news for you almost any time you look for it. So please uh, follow all these guys. It's podcasting. It's fun. Uh, to dedicate a lot of time to it. So we'd appreciate it if you followed everybody here. All right. We uh, we got rid, unfortunately, of, uh, of Chris Tucker. But fortunately, the good news, at least, is that we have Miss Wendy Thomas from Corner of the Galaxy joining. Wendy, thanks for uh, stopping by and, uh, and joining us for the second half here. How's everything going? I'm good. I would not miss this. This 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 is this is fun. We're we're in, we're enjoying ourselves. We just talked a little bit about Kurt Anolfo. Um, I you and I have had a long long discussion, Wendy, about Kurt Anolfo and 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 uh, and what we think of the signing. Um, I don't know that we need to rehash that, but I think maybe somebody else. Anybody else have want to talk about Kurt Anolfo before we get out of here? I'm wondering if he's going to get a uh, a fair shot. I mean, a lot of people are not happy with this pick and. You have to figure that a lot of fans are going to just go at him at the first sign of trouble. And at the first sign of trouble, I mean a loss or even a losing streak where, okay, this is what you get for signing such a bland pick. This is what this is what you pay for. So what did you expect? And you're going to get all this chaos coming out of uh, social media and the fans. And I'm wondering if he's actually going to get a fair shot. Well, I think, you know, that's always interesting. Although I will say that, um, you know, there were many people who wanted Bruce Arena fired. So all those people are really excited about Kurt Anolfo, <laughs> I imagine, because, you know, the fire Bruce hashtag was was made in jest a lot of times. But um, I there... was totally fine with uh, Bruce leaving. Yeah, were you? Were you? At... <laughs> why? Why were you OK with uh, with Bruce gone? Look, it's probably been the last three years. We've probably had some of the most blandest soccer we've seen even that 2014 run right it was bad right yeah no, so you're right i i'm i'm honestly looking forward to some 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 new uh, tactics going forward well i mean you look at it and kurt and has said even in his introductory press conference that he wants to 
play an attractive style of soccer. Now, I don't know that there's any. <laughs> That's what everyone's heard that so many times. He also said, "Well, wh- what is what is a formation? I'm not going to talk about formations." I'm like, "Oh God, this sounds like Jurgen." Well, well, it sounds like Bruce too. Bruce Arena never wants to talk about a po- uh, a formation, and every once in a while, Bruce. By the way, Bruce very tactically advanced in terms mm-hmm. of his actual understanding of tactics. Oh, now sure. he doesn't like to talk about them. Um, but he he understood it. So so we get all these things. We tell we hear from Cardinalfo, we're going younger. Uh, you heard from Chris Klein, really. They want to get more younger people in. Uh, you heard from uh, GM, that? new GM, you know, P. Vianis, younger. Yeah. Every yeah. Everything has really lined up. So what is the first move they make the same day they <laughs> introduce the coach who says they're going to get younger is that they acquire the rights to Jermaine Jones. JPJ. Wendy, Jermaine Jones, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, I think that once we've had this conversation before, which is they required the rights to the player. And so the question is, how much do they pay him? It's that, all about what is a player worth? Yes. Are they going to overpay him? Or are they going to underpay him? Now, I think that it's very likely they're going to overpay him, but we don't know. I mean, I think that you, if this was a stock purchase agreement or if I was drafting some sort of corporate M&A documents, I would be able to just value him the way I would value any other asset. The Colorado Rapids paid Jermaine Jones a base salary of $600,000 last year um, to play in Colorado. He played in nine games. He sustained an ACL tear in the summer and missed four months of games. Um, now, I went today to the L.A. Public Library and read five different studies from the American Journal of Sports Medicine to <laughs> yes. find out the likelihood nice. that an athlete will return to full fitness following an ACL injury. Right. I found two studies published from 2010, one from 2011, one from 2012, one from 2013. I could give you those names if you want them. No, that's okay. But <laughs> those studies make similar but not identical conclusions. Some say... Um, only one-third of athletes returned to pre-injury levels within 12 months after surgery. One study found that 43% of athletes who underwent ACL surgery were able to return to full fitness within two years. Mm-hmm. But in general, between 30 and 40% of athletes who undergo ACL injuries return to full fitness within 12 to 24 months from the injury. And the risk that an athlete will not return is higher the older that he is. So let's say, hypothetically, Jermaine Jones has a 30% chance of being able to return to full fitness within 12 months of sustaining his injury since he sustained it in the summer that would mean he reaches full fitness this summer right so this is the asset we have an asset we have the rights to right which was worth ostensibly six hundred thousand dollars last year right and it's now lost approximately 70 percent of its value or there's a 70 percent risk that it has zero value so that means his value is reduced to 30% of $600,000, which is $180,000. And the LA Galaxy should also probably be able to get a discount because he's a year older than he was oh, last year. Yes. So let's say he would get a 10% discount because he's a year older than he was last year. So, so okay. that 10% Another discount $18,000. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so that 10% discount reduces his ass, his value to now $162,000. Sign him and, up. And let's say the LA Galaxy should also get a bump because he's in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and he has always made clear that his family is in Los Angeles and he'd like to be here with his family. So if that's worth, say, 10 to 20 percent of an an athlete's salary, then he is worth approximately $129,600 up to $145,800. Now, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, do me a favor. Don't ever value me. 
All right. <laughs> that might be the greatest two minutes of describing that. anything ever in a podcast format. I just we were all here yeah, like with our phones awesome. out doing math <laughs> while you're, we're all looking at each other like, wait, carry the one, right? And no, no, you got to multiply that out. Wait a second. I've heard on Twitter people say he should get a bump because a na- he's a national team player, but that is a double-edged no. sword because some fans maybe would enjoy seeing a national team player on the team. However. Being a national team player also means that he could miss additional games to go on international appearances because MLS doesn't take international breaks. Not always. So that, yeah. in a way, could also kind of reduce his value because it increases the likelihood that you're going to miss games. So, so, so I put in an assumption out there that if you could get Jermaine Jones sub Ashley Cole money, so sub three hundred. All right, and and I actually put the number of two hundred thousand dollars out there. I would be overpaying a little bit by your standards, but I'm at least yeah. in the ballpark, right? I would say, taking into account, he'll sell some shirts. Taking into account, maybe there's a slight likelihood some people, some fans might increase their enjoyment by going to see him. That he is worth approximately two hundred thousand dollars. Yes, Josh wow. wins, and I didn't have to do any of that math. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're just genuinely. Gifted. But I think anything more than that, and they're overpaying. I think less than that, and they're potentially getting good value for money. All right, who else got a Jermaine Jones take that doesn't involve me bringing out the TI eighty two plus? Wait, TI eighty three plus. I apologize. Go ahead. It is a uh, position that needs to be filled. We do need that uh, defensive midfielder. Right. He is a bruiser. He is physical. Um, he is a proven player. But at 35, that's what concerns everyone. And after this season, having two of our best or two of our DPs or two highest paid players on the bench, it's not really something that you want to see the very Just next season. It doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You look at Chris, Chris Klein would have to answer why there would be so much. You already have to answer. There's cost savings. We're calling cost savings cost cutting. However you want to say it, the LA Galaxy are trimming. Okay? And one of the reasons they're trimming is they had $9 million sitting on the bench during the playoffs. All right? You can't do that. Um, So, you know, getting rid of $9 million helps. That already gives you uh, better. Now, granted, they're going to replace that with some designated players. People have asked, is Jermaine Jones a designated player? Wendy pretty much illustrated there's no way in in hell that he could be. Is Wendy going to negotiate with Jermaine's manager? Oh, man. (laughs) Because if she is, then then we're good. (laughs) Please, Lord, please have me in my next case going against lawyers for the LA Galaxy because I would walk out of the room with their pants because if they can't get Jermaine Jones for less than three hundred thousand dollars, right? I don't know what they're doing. No, no, and and it is, and I don't think you know the designated. People are arguing about designated players. There is there is some interesting stuff that you can do with a DP and general allocation money that allows you to pay down so the salary cap hit isn't as high. With a designated player, you take the max budgeted salary. I've been messing around with these numbers a little. So 450, it's always like 457 or whatever it is. Whatever that max budget is, every single designated player takes that cap hit, which means that if you have three designated players, you have more than a third of your your cap tied up in those three players. Yeah. All right, You can do stuff, by the way, with general allocation money that if you had a player who was, let's say, an $800,000 designated player you could pay that down under the 457 you could actually get that to be less 
than the hit. But okay. Jermaine Jones played nine there you go. games last year. I'm, I, when, Wendy, I'm in the Wendy camp. Don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, is, I, again, I think we all are. It's the actual notion of paying. We Stephen Gerrard played 50 percent more time this year than Jermaine Jones played this year. Yeah, that's okay. So well, that tells you, and people were upset about him sitting on the bench. Yeah. Well, and Jermaine Jones also was suspended. What the first six games of his contract? First six yeah. games yeah. was suspended. Yeah, he he does like he does pick up a red card every once in a while. And you know what? Somebody actually, by the way, we're gonna have an article on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I don't mean to like put that out there and like blast everybody but he only has like two red cards in his last three years playing so he really gets one a year I mean, it's not Nigel DeYoung. Well, same thing with Nigel. Yeah, he had like, no red cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you get you get that in some So you got Jermaine Jones there. I mean, what are the LA Galaxy looking for in 2017 now? You got you have a coach, you have a general manager. Okay, that's done. You have a coach. I want to see who they sign as a DP. So, yeah. it, it is. It's about the first designated player and whether or not that's going to be a smart move or not. You see Atlanta United splashing cash and making some what I think are smart moves. Yeah, uh, yeah. fantastic moves yeah. on South American players, which if we scouted in South America, maybe we would have signed at one point in time, but we don't, so we can't. Now, with respect to Kurt getting a fair shot, I would like to point out that Rude Hulett in 2008 was fired in August of his first year, which means he received approximately seven months. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Kurt Anolfo, I, I mean, if he's afforded seven months, then that means he's given the same leash that someone who coached Chelsea and Newcastle also got. So that would be pretty fair, I yeah, think. But, but Rude Gullet also didn't ever practice set pieces, and he had David Beckham, and he also didn't understand Major League Soccer. You hope that in, yeah. I mean, he had no idea. He said whenever I think there was a player selected in a draft of some sort, and he's like, well, the player should just refuse the transfer. <laughs> It's like, that's not how this works. So, I mean, again, the international coach angle of bringing somebody else in besides Kurt Anolfo would have been more risky than Anolfo. Anolfo's a safer pick than an international yeah, coach. the safest, safest pick. Yeah. What, what else? Uh, go ahead. Uh, I'll no, stick just... to that foreign coach uh, not knowing MLS. I would argue that when we were talking about who would your fantasy uh, pick be for coach, I had said, get him a bottle of Escaloto. Former Columbus crew player, right. former MVP, mm-hmm. former MLS Cup winner, current coach at Boca Juniors. He knows the league. He knows what it takes to win, and he respects it. He would also have a pipeline of talent through South America. He's going to go down to South America and scout the, uh, scout those players. He would probably bring in some of those guys uh, into the Galaxy rather than an aging European. Yeah, I mean, I mean and I think I, I know for a fact that, um, that the LA Galaxy have already made some trips over to Europe. Um, to talk to some players, I don't know who those players are. Um, Wasn't Sammy Kadiro? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I don't, I'm. I'm not. I'm not super high on. I'm yeah, not super Sammy high on on any of the rumors that I've heard so far. Sammy I'd Kadira, let you know. Rooney and uh, who was the other one? Theo uh, Walcott. I yeah, think was the other one. Yeah, there's Walcott, uh, Schweinsteiger. Even though that was linked to it's Chicago. The cost of players in Europe are so inflated. We could get so much value for money if Phil Anschultz is concerned about a value proposition player. Yeah. We could get so much more value for money if we went to South America. I will tell you. Yeah. You know, Uncle Phil. Um, is an interesting guy. He's never said no to spending a lot of money. Um, and I don't think, and I know we're in cost cutting, but I think that if the LA Galaxy needed to have a shot at a younger player who they wanted, who was a designated player, who they needed to spend money on, that he would still do that. I don't, I think the anger that's coming out of any of this is the fact that you had $9 million sitting on the bench in the playoffs. It's that simple. You can't have that. That's not a proper way to run a team, and it's not a proper way in Major League Soccer to value those DP slots, so you can't do that. So that's where the cost-cutting for me is coming in, is making sure that your assets, 
Wendy, thank you for teaching me the word asset and using it <laughs> many, many, but that your assets are performing because you had depreciating assets. You had players who were getting older, uh, who were losing value, and you always want players who are on the rise. Always better to get rid of a player one year early than one year late. We all learned that with Robbie Keane. Although, again, there's nobody who's not keeping him after 2015 to come in 2016. Yes, Chris was right in saying that uh, that somebody should have seen that coming. The fact that he and Gio couldn't play together was a big deal. But um, So why, when you and I were saying it for months on end, and Bruce was saying, like, I don't know what people are talking about. Bruce, I don't see the problem with well, him again, again, Bruce I, is going to Bruce, though. I, I, misdirection. Bruce is going to Bruce. Bruce, is, Bruce was always... Listen, the fact... Bruce fa- is Bruce. Again, you know, Kurt Anolfo on Twitter is going to be a lot more interesting. I wonder how long that Twitter account stays open. Um, <laughs> he's he's always... He's, and, and I'll be honest with you, he's actually active on Twitter, too. If you mention him in a tweet, he and it's nice, he favorites it. Um, so so he, he's there and he's paying attention. But... Bruce was never going to tell you a straight answer. I think you're, Wendy, I know how much you hated Bruce Arena for the fact that he was never forthcoming on stuff. You're going to love Cardinalfo. I really, it, and don't take his first press conference. He was nervous. I've talked to the guy. He's been on the show. Whenever he's not nervous, he's open and, and, and is engaging and will explain things to you. Um, so I, I'm excited about that part. But what else needs to have happen, guys, in the studio? DP. Uh, DP. Okay, so first is the first is the designated player. Where, where, and Wendy, you you have to sit this one out for one second. All uh-huh. right. Where do the LA Galaxy invest in a designated player on the field? Where's the first place? Somebody, somebody, give me something. Wow. Not me. Um, yeah. it's it's obviously gonna have to be midfield. I mean, that's pretty much our our most uh, dire positions. Uh, you have, I hope you have legit. Starting in that center midfield, you should. Yeah, that's what um, and I think you have to find him. I think, and I think you have to find the partner for him. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've been saying for for years since we've got when we signed him, um, he's going to be our playmaker. Right. And under Bruce, that was never going to happen because he doesn't trust the younger guys. He de- he's never trusted the younger guys. Um, so I'm hoping we can sign someone who can compliment him. I mean, we're looking at a def- defensive midfielder, a la Jermaine Jones. I mean, not a designated wow. player. Or listen, wouldn't it be great if we can get Jermaine Jones to fill that role without being a designated player and actually be consistent on the field and, uh, and consistently on the field? I should say, because uh, that solves a problem. And then, what do you do? What do you do? You, do you splash for a forward? I mean, we got Giassi. Do I don't think somebody? you need. I, I think your forwards are pretty set. I don't think they're going to want to bring someone in. It just. I think you're going to have to find someone not like Jermaine Jones because he far too often will be um, in his own head and with his own plan. Um, so if even if yeah. you tell him, hey, you're going to stay in uh, above the you know, above the defense, um, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that, and then does whatever he wants. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll go play forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think you're, you're – I mean, obviously I'd, I'd love for them to find another uh, winger as well. I, I, that's, that's your main – your main concerns are going to be center, defensive, mid, and a winger. The winger, the, the Bruce Arena's white whale. Yeah, the winger. All right. <laughs> I mean, Bruce, how many times did Bruce Arena try to get a winger? I mean, Christian Wilhelmsen was probably the best winger he ever had. Yeah. By the way, Christian Wilhelmsen. Uh, excuse me, sir. Eddie Lewis, sir. Oh, Eddie Lewis. <laughs> Eddie Lewis. Eddie, Eddie Lewis played left back, didn't he? Yeah. At, no, at some point, he may have, but no, he was the he was the, he was the left wing. Um, no, Christian Wilhelmsen won an MLS Cup for the LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's he he couldn't score to save his <laughs> damn life. Well, there All was right? that one time that that Robbie Keane uh, stole his goal, but we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. 
Did you see? That was still one of my favorite moments ever in LA Galaxy history. Wilhelmsen had, like, what, missed, like, hit the posts and done all this thing, had missed wide open goals and created all these chances for everybody. And he's finally going to get his goal, and Robbie Keane toes it in over the line. <laughs> and, and Wilhelmsen just looks at him like, what are you, what are what you, you doing? doing <laughs> that was it. Um, but no, I mean, Bruce Arena wanted the, the white whale, the, the winger that um, would come in and, 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 you know, sort of save the galaxy, I guess. He was always interested in, in trying to, um, you know, find a guy, a speedy guy on the outside who could stretch the defense. Now, he got somebody in Boateng, which, yes. by the way, I think you're still, by, unless they go out and get a designated player, you're going to see it, but there's also a right winger that we have to talk about because Landon Donovan's no longer with the LA Galaxy. Not a surprise. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and y- y- we talked about in the first segment where he was a spark for sure, but um, you. But that was a morale spark. It that was. was a morale spark for the time for that quarter for the end of the season. It wasn't. It was. There was no uh, anticipation for anything to be more than that. Yeah, I think after you know not playing for what two a year and a half, two years. Yeah. I don't think anyone was really expecting him to come out and and put the team on. Wow, anybody? Yeah, exactly. He was just going to do his work. Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty it was pretty known that the galaxy was kind of fractured. within the team. So yeah, within Longford. Yeah. So Bruce was like, "I'm going to bring this guy in, and hopefully that'll spark our guys to come together." Sure. It did. It it worked. It worked. Yeah. If if Landon Donovan doesn't get injured in that Colorado game, you have to go back and play the if game. If Jossie Zardis doesn't get injured (laughs) that last game, (laughs) yeah. You know, I mean, you go back and and you can't really do that. Um, you know, because ultimately Seattle wins an MLS Cup. Let's not forget that that is the year 2016. Whatever. 2016. Wendy, Wendy, your thoughts on 2016? (laughs) And man, the year that needs to end. I'll tell you this though, it is it is only fitting that of course Seattle in their celebration they win. But not only that, but in their celebration parade that they have one of their trolleys hit a police officer. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, I shouldn't be laughing at oh, that, but he was he was okay. He's okay. He's okay. Yeah. He's at okay. least at least they didn't drop the trophy and run over it. Yeah, it well no, you know. they should have, God. They, that, that, sh- that trophy should just be burned and so, destroyed. Yeah, so, next year next year, new MLS Cup. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah nobody wants new, to touch it design. after that. Anyway. <laughs> it's tainted. Um okay, so now we go into twenty seventeen. You look at LAFC is knocking on the door. Um they're gonna build a nice new shiny uh. stadium. They're, they're going to spend in money. In the center of L.A. In, in the oh, center yeah. of L.A.? Hey, the traffic is going to be horrible to get there. Yes, um, it But yeah. it's still Public a good location. transportation that goes straight there, though. Yeah, of course. And Carson is a trek. You guys had to come down Orange yes. County in, into the COG studios. And so you see the drive I make going the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes me an hour and a half to get there. Now, uh, granted, going to downtown Los Angeles, I might as well leave the day before if I'm going to be doing that. Um, but you have LAFC here. Pete Vienas just came out with a statement today, basically saying, uh, "I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me." Uh, that uh, it's it. It, oh, it's here we go. Okay, see, this is <laughs> I like this already. This is good podcasting right here. Somebody already had it. Um, he says uh, somebody asked him about LAFC, and he says, uh, and I quote, uh, "I've been waiting for that question. I will say this: you don't realize how big someone or something is um, until you try and stand up right next to it." I welcome. I encourage LAFC, but at the end of the day, it is really intoxicating about the galaxy. A lot of people can talk the talk. We have the resources and the capability to be exactly who we say we are, and that will never stop. All right, leaning leaning heavily, I, Wendy. I, I will uh-huh. I will I will give you a little little tad in here, but leaning heavily on the we have five MLS cups. That's what that statement was. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaning heavily on that we have twenty years of experience in Major League Soccer. Leaning heavily on that most 
expansion teams come in and suck. Uh, and so it's it's a good thing, Wendy. Um, but you, you could spin that statement another way. Good, you spin it. could also say that DC United was the franchise of MLS in the first five years of its existence. And that ever since it's decli- it started declining, you know, it's clung desperately to its formative years. I think that the Galaxy do lean heavily on five MLS Cubs. Right. But if we are going to be a forward-looking franchise, we can't take that approach. We have to take the approach that, no, 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 looking forward. Looking forward is where we're going. We want to be the the next big thing every single year. You know, it's it's. I think that it's all well and good to honor our traditions, our history, our successes. It's great. But you don't want to use those as a crutch. Yeah, and, 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 I don't, and I, I'm, re- I'm reticent to do that. And I don't like when Chris Klein comes out and says, by the way, where we're not worried about them. Yep. I, I don't like that. Yeah, that's, it's, it's yeah. a naive statement. I, 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 he should be worried. So yeah, who else? Who else? Has, the, well, I pretty just want, basic I just, uh, rule of war: know your enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, it's quite naive in my in my opinion. I mean, there's look at LAFC is going to have a groundswell of fans because they are in LA. Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't follow LA Galaxy because it's out in Carson. Right. And they don't have time to be dealing with that. Right. They don't want to be driving that 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 commute, and they don't care enough. Right. But LAFC is going to be in the heart of the town. There's going to be a lot more fan base. There's a lot, a lot more um, Latin fan base, uh, for sure. And you know they're going to be throwing money around. It's gonna, it's gonna be glitz and glamour. And yeah, they have to perform uh-huh. and they have to win, but they're going to come in hot. Well, and and yeah. the way we're, the way we're just like, no, we're all right, we're cool, we're what? Galaxy, five championships. Right. That can creep up on us in no time. Yeah. This and, is not and, Chivas. And this is what. It comes down to the brand. Right now, LAFC's brand is on the rise, mm-hmm. and currently, with our off-season, you know, picks up right. head coach, ours is falling a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, it's but, yet it's yet to uh, to be proven. I mean, we're gonna see what he, you know, Nolfo does next brings, season. Right. But yeah. when everyone was saying, "Oh, Miguel Herrera," that would have at least sparked oh, some sort of hype yeah. in 2017. Yeah, it would have. It, it would have sparked been the best call. But. I, I will. I will say this as well, though. It's easy to be a fan of a team that's undefeated. Sure. Right? right. I mean, they haven't played a game. There's no stadium. They have a kit that they basically stole from the yeah. LA Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never wear that jersey again. I'm it's, so it's sad. The, and it's the be... best LA Galaxy jersey, yeah. by the way, yeah, uh, of the new of the new era. Oh, uh, uh, five away. Oh, five away. See, I said new era. I said new era. I I was still I still I'm still in this, but yeah, no, I mean you you get that. Um, I'm I'll be honest. So covering the LA Galaxy is is a ton of fun for me. I love doing it. I love sitting in the press box. Love talking to the guys in the locker room. I love trying to get as much in depth and know what's going on behind the scenes as I can. Um, and I love going to StubHub Center. It's my home away from home. They're all the sure. dang time, right? So I love all that. I'm excited to go to the new stadium at LAFC. I'm excited so to see what yeah, they want so and. I'm glad there's another team in Los Angeles because I think LA would sit back and relax, and I don't think they're going to be afforded that. Whether this, or not no, they're they going to be forced, it. they're going to be forced yeah. to not sit back and relax. And I feel, I hope they're not coming out obviously saying it. I hope they do believe and they are seeing foresight of the issue that is coming to us and tumbling towards us. I hope they do, and that these words are not literal and too naive. Like it just sounds too naive to me. If, if, if you're if you're the LA Galaxy, you can't sit there and go, "Oh yeah, we're really scared of them, though." Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's the other. No, right, that's the right. flip side. You have to. No. There has to be an arrogance coming from the LA Galaxy because we're here, we're talking, we are playing, we have five MLS cups. I understand yeah. the arrogance, Wendy. It, yeah. it, is that it? Is it? Is it the arrogance that they need to have? Is they think that that's the best approach because they can't. You you wouldn't want Chris Klein to come out and say, "Yeah, we're panicked." 
uh, LAFC has everything going for them, right? I mean, that's the front that... office that they acknowledge that with competition comes the necessity that you need to step up your game, right? right. That is in every competitive environment in business, in politics, sure. what have you. It is the threat of competition, the threat of being weeded out. That's what makes you say, okay, got to step up our game, got to step up our game, got to step up our game. So acknowledging that LAFC poses, um, you know, not an existential threat to its existence, but competition within this marketplace that we call Los Angeles, you know, I think it makes some sense to say, listen, we expect that they are going to bring it. And let, you know, let's just be clear. Exactly. We, we plan to meet them a thousand percent. We're going to see them on the field. We plan to, you know, meet them every step of the way, you it, know, something with a little bit more as opposed to, hey, buds, we got five MLS Cups, so, you know, <laughs> you can chill. Like, We're it's just good. Not, I, I mean, because of the geography of where LAFC is going to be situated, they will be successful. It's almost yes. like a... Yeah, no doubt. That's it's exactly almost true. an inevitability well, well, the fact yeah. that Los Angeles is a megalopolis. It has yep. 10, 12 million people. I mean, That's filling a 22,000-seat stadium is going to be no problem. They'll be successful if they win. If they and, perform. And, and because I, the LA Rams... Are brand new in the NFL is never <laughs> and what happened to you know they've tanked you've seen the attendance drop LA is always going to be that way it's fickle yes. I'm not yes. going to go watch a, a crappy team whenever I could go watch a concert at the Hollywood Bowl I could go to the beach I could stick my toes in the water I could wiggle you them around surfing, I can hiking, go anything absolutely and the LA Galaxy you know they face that threat too which is that in a marketplace like New York like Los Angeles you have demands for your attention and opportunities I mean the the potential financial award is enormous. Yes. It can be very lucrative to have a successful team in Los Angeles, extremely lucrative. Right. But there's also a downside, which is that you need to, you know, provide an, a top notch experience yeah. to your fan base yes. because we're, de we're really demanding consumers here in Los Angeles. That, yeah. That, and that, that is hundred percent. All right, guys, we're getting, uh, we're, we're at the end of the show. We, we have it basically at eight 30. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to make sure that um, we get some final words in. Wendy, that was your final word. And okay. if the LA Galaxy tried to take you away from me and hire <laughs> you, uh, I'm demanding a transfer fee, yeah. and it's going to be large. Get that on there. All right. So development, development fees. Yeah, uh, uh, of course. So, guys, I want to, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll start with with Ed first. And Ed, why don't you tell us where we can uh, get your podcast and uh, where when we can listen to you, all that fun stuff. You can find us at Riot Squadcast on all your. Um, podcasting catching apps uh we're on <laughs> itunes stitcher soundcloud what, what have you uh, you can find us at our twitter at riot squadcast you can find my personal twitter at ed the zombie and you can find chris at zero cool 138 all right and uh guys from la is our house uh bobby you want to uh take this one away yeah you guys check us out at la is our house.com we're on twitter at la is our house i mean LA, you know what i'm saying at la is our house we're on every social feed instagram twitter everything you can find us so that's our website. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming in uh, and and doing it in the studio here. I think it was fun to do uh, live because I always I always enjoy live shows and. Yeah. Um, you know, something a little bit different. I wanted all of our listeners on Corner of the Galaxy to know um, all of these podcasts will be put out on everybody's individual streams, yep. so you will get three copies if you subscribe to all three of them, uh, which, it, which is great. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to get three of them, so that's cool. Um, Wait, all three at the same so, time. you got to listen to all three. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, for, for those of you who maybe haven't listened to Corner of the Galaxy, go to cornerofthegalaxy.com where we have all of our news sites, all of our podcasts, all of uh, everything else we can whenever we cover the LA Galaxy. Uh, Wendy Thomas is one of my co-hosts. She's excellent, so please... Uh, 
follow her on Twitter at Bards Blonde. Uh, it's at Jay Guessman on Twitter, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter. Um, all the Instagrams, all the in-betweens, and Corner of the Galaxy. Type that in anywhere. That's where you can get the podcast and all that stuff. Guys, uh, I want to, again, thank you for coming in. LA is our house. Came up with this idea. Thank uh, you. You guys, you yeah, guys thanks, really Jeff put... Preston. Yeah, anytime. And you guys really put... Everybody came uh, did a great job um, coming in and, and really, um, you know, uh, trying to get together with six people at once whether they're in the room or not in the room is almost impossible yeah, and uh it was easy it was not hard at all so uh maybe we'll do this again uh at some point and uh get everybody's perspectives but i want to thank you guys la is our house uh the riot squad cast and of course corner of the galaxy uh that is it uh for everybody here thank you for joining us we appreciate you jo- watching us live on youtube uh this will be up on everybody's websites uh, so I guess that is it. Uh, we will uh, do this again. And if this is the first time you're listening to any of these podcasts, please go out and subscribe. Have a great off season, everybody, and uh, follow these podcasts for continuing coverage of your LA Galaxy. Thanks. And there you have it, the Super D Duper Super Deluxe Podcast from Corner of the Galaxy. LA is our house, and your Riot Squadcast. Uh, thank you to Josh Guessman and Weddy Thomas for having us on the show. Really cool of them for doing this. Also to David, Bobby, and Lewis for uh, joining us too. Really cool dudes. Please go follow their podcast. And if you haven't already done it, please follow Corner of the Galaxy. Uh, you can also find those guys on Twitter and stuff too. Please go follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Squadcast. Please like and share our page. It would really help us a lot. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Riot Squadcast. You know, that's where all the hilarity ensues. Um, please go rate and review us on iTunes as well. Please, five stars. And, you know, talk all the shit you want. But at least if you give us five stars. Um, also, follow me at Ed the Zombie, And you can follow Chris at ZeroCool138. We'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, bye!